0: Now, in today's world, I have not met anyone yet who's running from a saber-toothed tiger. (laughs) But we are running or fighting a lot of things like our critical boss or the guy that cut us off in traffic or Mm -hmm. the conversation that we're still ruminating on from book club last week when somebody said something that deeply hurt us. And so we're all walking around in this parasympathetic nervous system state when Mm. if we just paused and slowed down and brought in the power of the breath, we could shift into that state of rest and digest and start to unarmor ourselves, start to loosen the grip so that we could be more open to having conversations and setting boundaries and being vulnerable with other people.
1: What makes you different from the person next to you? What do you stand for? What do you stand against? What uniquely defines the you that you call by your name? They're called boundaries. And you've probably heard of them, but you probably haven't ever heard how they're going to be presented in this episode as we chat about how asserting boundaries and being seen for who you truthfully are actually brings you closer and more connected with others instead of acting as a divider. Before we dive in though, I wanna thank you for having the bravery to face your shit and heal yourself. I also wanna thank everyone that's been liking, sharing, commenting, and subscribing, and a big thank you to everyone who is listening for the very first time. And I would also love for you to share with everyone who you think would benefit from listening. So who am I and why did I decide to create this show? Good question. After unraveling all of the medical lies and pharmaceutical lies I had been told about my endometriosis, I educated myself and I was able to heal myself after 17 years of debilitating pain. On this show, whether it's endo or any other disorder labeled as chronic, we expose the lesser known solutions that can heal your mind, your body, and your spirit. My experience inspired me to actually live my art. So I created an ongoing art series about it called Every Phase, where I powerfully illustrate how I healed myself as I live by the phases of the female hormonal cycle. The artwork shows what's happening in the brain and the body during each phase and reveals how to biohack and leverage this energy in your life. I am actually living the art, so it is about more than just healing. The writing and art discuss truth, freedom, and our current financial and healthcare system slavery and the way out. Watch for the newest release of each piece on the last Friday of this month and be the first to see it by subscribing on my website, merithochoa.com. Even though I was lied to for years by doctors promoting big pharma, I was able to find experts who helped me achieve the impossible. This show introduces them to you. Today, we are chatting with master life coach and restorative yoga teacher, Krista Resnick. Her love and passion for rest is the byproduct of her own story. Having spent decades pleasing and performing, Krista finally hit a moment where she recognized how exhausted and passionless she is in every aspect of her life. Through her own personal healing work, she began to find great empowerment through the art of creating a strong back, soft front, and expressing her wild heart for truth. Now serving hundreds of women across the globe, Krista has witnessed the transformative power of pausing, softening, and breathing. She strongly believes that rest is what supports women to come back home to themselves so they can create lives and relationships that are purposeful and passion-fueled. Krista Resnick. Wow. I am stoked to have you on. How has your day been so far? Actually, my day has
0: been splendid. I started the day off, which I don't typically do this very often, but I started the day off having tea with a really beautiful soul. So there was that just conversation, richness and co-regulation happening to kick my day off, which was such a treat.
1: Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'd love to start my day. It's not the norm.
0: Okay. Okay. Normally the norm is (laughs) hours to myself, moving slow, quiet, meditation, breath work. And I did do some of that this morning, but typically I don't plan much before 10 a.m. So today was rare and a special treat. Sometimes you got to mix it up.
1: Absolutely. Do you eat breakfast? Did you have breakfast this morning? I intermittent fast. So no. Okay. Wow.
0: Yeah, I nice. don't eat breakfast anymore. I was a big breakfast person. But as I have approached my late 40s, I don't usually eat until 11 a.m. or sometimes even noon.
1: Nice. Well, and yeah. it saves on the grocery bill.
0: It does. It, does. <laughs> it actually
1: really does. Yeah. Totally. Cool. So while we're on the topic of eating, facing our shit here on the show, I'd love to chat just about that, you know, how you came to face your own shit. And I feel like that's just led you to becoming this phenomenal boundary master coach, how you implemented that and just how you work with clients today. Oh,
0: well. <laughs> That's a big question, but I think really the nuts and bolts was I got sick of my own shit. Mm -hmm. I really had this conditioned tendency, pattern, survival skill, however you want to label it, however you want to frame that up, of pretending my life was, I don't want to say perfect, but perfect. And I did all of the right things and crossed all of the right boxes. And my T's were crossed, my I's were dotted. And from the outside, Meredith, you would have thought that everything was splendid, but internally it was not splendid. I felt actually quite miserable. I felt like I lacked a sense of purpose. I lacked a sense of Joy of peace of ease, my nervous system was on such high alert for who's upset with me, who do I need to please, what should I be doing that I'm not doing? Mm-hmm. all of those things. I was just in this constant frenetic energy, this very hyper vigilant state, and it was wreaking havoc on my nervous system, and so it finally got to the point where. I just internally knew I couldn't Mm -hmm. continue to live this way. I couldn't continue to engage in the same arguments with my husband. I couldn't continue to scream and holler and yell at my kids and not be closely connected with them, which was what I so desperately wanted. I couldn't continue to show up at the same I don't know, book clubs and different things having the same conversations that were not satisfying my soul. Something had to shift. And of course, I entered this industry thinking that it was everybody else that needed to shift. Oh, me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't yeah, the problem. But clearly no. that wasn't the truth. So that's how I had that moment. There wasn't necessarily a lying flat on my back type moment like a lot of folks have, there was just this moment where, and I do clearly remember, I was moving the sheets from, and I've talked about this so much, I was moving the sheets from the washing machine to the dryer. And as I stood there and lingered in front of the dryer for a moment, we had a front loader so I could see all of the, I don't know if it was towels or sheets or what, but I could watch them jostling to and fro back and forth in the dryer. And I had this Realization that's what my life felt like. It was as if I was waking up in the morning and being jostled to and fro all over the place with everybody else's needs, wants, desires. And I was so ungrounded. So that was my defining moment.
1: Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. That metaphor of the washing machine. I always like to say it all comes out in the wash. Eventually, it all comes (laughs) out eventually. Bigger picture. So that really just struck me Yeah, to just see them. And it's like that's in our lives getting slapped around in the ocean of like just people's crap and like our own crap and emotions. Oh, slapped by this psychic attack or slapped by that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was a rough Mm -hmm. patch of life. And yet... I wouldn't trade it. It was the pivotal turning point. It was where I began to slowly make my own shifts. It's not that life looks perfect. Chuck perfect doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. But it's about providing yourself with the tools to support yourself.
1: Yeah. And you talked about the nervous system, which is, I feel like, a hot topic of conversation right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. so important, i'm glad it's a hot topic because that it really is the measure of success, a calm nervous system regulating your nervous system, yeah, and I also think it seems like it's mystified in all the marketing it's this big mountain to climb for a lot of people. yeah, could you break it down into what that actually means and what that maybe would look like on a day to day?
0: Yeah, so we have two and i don't want to get too complex i like to i am all about this is actually the conversation i had this morning over tea with a friend the theme in my life right now is simple everything needs to be simple because when it's simple it's doable and i think in our culture we make things so utterly complicated that when they're complicated mm-hmm. we don't we don't have to take action because we actually don't know what to do so to mm-hmm. break it down really simply we've got our sympathetic nervous system which is our state of fight and flight and that's when i talk about things like that frenetic energy moving towards people with your dukes up i'm going to fight you i'm going to fight this battle or sometimes that can look like moving away from so i equate that to putting your sneakers on and getting the heck out of dodge and Maybe literally leaving the premises or that might Mm -hmm. look like burying yourself in work and not coming home from the office till seven, eight o'clock at night because there's something that you're avoiding. So that's fight or flight. And then we've got the parasympathetic nervous system, which there's actually two states in the parasympathetic nervous system. And the first being ventral vagal, and that's where we self-regulate or co-regulate, where we can really bring in that feeling of connection, of ease. A lot of people use the word calm, and that's when our thinking brain turns on and we can actually make decisions from a clear, authentic place of integrity, as I like to say, is when we've got that prefrontal cortex turned on and we're in that mm. ventral vagal state. Now, the other part of the parasympathetic nervous system is called dorsal vagal. And that's when we have that sort of down and out energy. I often refer to it as wanting to shut the drapes and just crawl mm-hmm. into bed for three weeks. It's the yep. I want to disappear energy energy depressive, this state of despair. So those are the nervous system states. And there's so many different beautiful tools, all which are actually relatively simple to bringing yourself into that state of ventral vagal. And I do also want to say something that's really coming through strongly right now. Yeah. Is that sympathetic, or the dorsal vagal state aren't necessarily negative. They're not necessarily a problem because we want to label that in today's world. It's all information. Mm -hmm. It's all information. We get to look at our nervous system state and ask ourselves, okay, is there something right now in this moment that I could utilize or rely on to shift? Mm -hmm. So that I can proceed with clarity, with grace, with kindfulness, with mindfulness. Sometimes when we've been in a position of dorsal vagal, which is that depressive, I want to disappear type state, we want Mm -hmm. a little sympathetic energy. We want a little fight or flight because that's the thing that will bring us out of that. I just want to disappear. So none of these states are wrong. It's just noticing, slowing down and examining. Or a tool that I could lean into right now. For me, it's the breath. It's always always the breath. It's the quickest, fastest way to bring me in connection with myself. So, the breath, we can definitely connect, bring our awareness to what's underneath us. So, if you're sitting in a chair, bringing your awareness to what's underneath you, supporting you, perhaps it's Placing your feet firmly on the floor beneath you or on the ground outside, even stepping outside and yeah. getting your feet planted in the earth, in the grass, in the ground can be so beneficial for really that self-connection and bringing ourselves back into that ventral vagal state. Those are the two that seem to be the quickest and the easiest that folks really tend to be able to rely on without a lot of obstacles. The breath, again, I I just can't speak highly enough about the breath because that is truly Mm. power. The breath is everything.
1: Everything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Helps so much with grounding, like what you said, just going outside and connecting to the earth. We aren't even present to like what we're walking on. Yeah. On a day to day, like our place, we're so like, it's like In the microscopic view of our lives, that we forget that, like, we're on a planet in space that's alive, that we're connected to. And just zooming that out, I feel like helps you in a strange way be able to go within more because you're like, okay, I'm not going to sweat the petty things and I'm not going to pet the sweaty things. Yeah,
0: (laughs) exactly. And I love that you even said, I noticed that you said in a strange way. And I think so often we write these tools off because Mm -hmm. it seems woo or it seems too simple. They are the tools that work. Sometimes just taking a deep breath in and just sighing it out audibly is a beautiful way to just create a little bit of space to just create a little bit of self-connection, to create a little bit of calmness or self-havening touch, taking Mm -hmm. a moment and just bringing your hands to your face and just rubbing around your hairline, around your jaw. My jaw is where I hold a lot of tension. Even bringing your hands, your fingers to your ears, because that's where, you know, so much of our nervous system, it goes from brainstem and it runs through our face to. The gut. So, really taking that time to connect with the face can be really important.
1: Yeah. And it feels so good too. It feels so good. (laughs)
0: It feels so nourishing and so nurturing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. You
1: know, like you were saying before, nothing's wrong. It's everything, especially pain and stress. It's a message, right? It's a messenger to your body. I wish, though, that I would have known about your work and just grounding and enjoying the journey just throughout my healing journey. Yeah. And of course, your amazing podcast you were talking about a little earlier, how much value it's provided me. There's so many golden nuggets of wisdom in each episode. And then, yeah, it's so true. And then you do the workshops, which makes such a massive impact as well. And I will say boundaries for me was when I first learned and not intellectually learning, but I first got it like inside, like my soul, like what boundaries were and the function of boundaries, mm-hmm. my whole life changed. I act, I took my life back yeah. and yeah, and I know that's your world
0: yeah. and yeah.
1: It's I feel like it's the missing key that like no one talks about in like the law of attraction and manifestation and yeah, in just self-empowerment and in self-love. And it's that little key that is so mystified for a lot of people. And it was such a huge part of me healing from endometriosis. And it just shifted
0: mm-hmm. my entire
1: quality of life. Could you share your thoughts on what boundaries really are and their role in our lives?
0: Oh, gosh, I love that question so much. And I do have to say it's. I always I don't want to say I struggle. That almost seems too strong of a word. I don't struggle, but I am struggling in the moment to formulate the correct word that I actually want to use. I think mm-hmm. boundaries can look different for a lot of people. And I and if you've leaned into the podcast, I've talked about this before. There was a time, Meredith, where when I had fried adrenals and I could barely get out of bed, I had to be really rigid with my boundary. It had mm-hmm. to just be no, 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 over and over. But then there was a time where I recognized that also in and of itself was a pattern. I was hardening, Mm -hmm. I was armored, and I needed to have, yes, a strong back, and I also needed to have a soft front Mm -hmm. and be open to vulnerability and to love and to connection. I was cutting myself off from those very important, vital things. So boundary definition gets to look different for different people. It really does. And how another boundary person, coach, expert, master, teacher, whatever you want to call them, may define boundaries very different than how I define them. So I just want to give a little bit of the lay of the land for the listeners so that they understand where Mm -hmm. I'm coming from. I've defined boundaries in my work different ways in different Mm -hmm. seasons of my life. Currently, how I love to define boundaries is that they're all about being honest with who you are and the capacity that you have in this season of your life. That's truly Mm -hmm. what boundaries are. They're saying, that didn't feel good the way you spoke to me. So often we just have trouble saying that, right? That really hurt. And I'm wondering if you could consider possibly how that tone might have landed for me or however you frame it up. But it's Mm -hmm. about being honest with, hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm needing because this is who I am rather than stuffing all of that and going along to get along. Right, And so often we're so afraid to just show up exactly as we are for fear of judgment, for fear of rejection, for fear of shame creeping to the surface. And so boundaries are really this tangible way that we get to to put a stake in the ground and say, no, Mm -mm. Mm -mm." and let's unpack that a little bit. Let's go deeper Mm -hmm. into that. Sometimes boundaries are just about saying no. Often I find that they're a lot more nuanced and there requires an unpacking and a conversation, especially when it comes to somebody that you care about. But does that make Mm -hmm. sense how I shared so far?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of people, it's like what you're voting for. It's like what you're saying yes to also. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Like standards.
0: Standards. You know, your word be standards. What are your standards for yourself? I use the example often, so maybe I'm ai I love learning through story, and I think most of us do. So I always like to unpack things by using personal examples and stories. But it was probably about a year ago where my husband and I were at a social event out in the community, and there was somebody that came up to me that wanted to share a joke with me, and it was some sort of a dumb meme on his phone actually is what it was. And I I don't know why he thought I would have been the person to tell this. I have no idea actually, but he thought this meme was quite funny. I did not because I found the meme actually very oppressive in nature. And I had a choice in that moment. My nervous system going back, and this is why nervous system is so vital and foundational to boundary work. My nervous system wanted to just appease. Like I wanted to go into fawn mode and just go along to get along. And oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I could feel all of the symptoms rising up in my body, which for me always is the lump in the throat, always is the temperature of my body increasing. It's almost like somebody took my thermometer and cranked it up to 650 degrees My face gets flush. My ears get hot. So I could feel all of those things happening somatically in my body. And I knew that was my sign. That was my cue. Ding, 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 ding. We need to set a boundary here. Or we need to share our standards. That might be another way of saying it. We need to share what we value here. We need to be honest. We do not think that joke is humorous. And that was the fork in the road. I could go along to get along, yes. But the following day, I would have been really disappointed in myself. I maybe even would have Mm -hmm. had a dull headache. I maybe would have just felt a lack of connection with myself because I wasn't being honest with who I was in that moment. I was hiding. So it was the fork in the road. It was you can go along to get along. You can fawn. Or you can be honest about who you are so that's
1: what yeah. I chose to do. Yeah. Wow. Just so like you said, just so much there. They're yeah. so awesome. It's, I feel like too, something that's so widely misunderstood. And you touched on it a little bit about boundaries. When they when people first hear about it, they're like, okay, I'm gonna go around telling people what they can and can't do. Yep. And it's it's actually for you. It boundaries are for you. That's why it's connected to self-love. It's like, it's you. And I don't think a lot of people really know that. I don't think so
0: either. I don't think so Mm -hmm. either. I think these conversations are starting to happen more and more. So people are becoming aware. And I think for a lot of folks that might be listening that are newer to boundary work lately, I've really been kind of marinating in this idea of the word standards, because I think that Mm. can help. Like, what are my standards? I don't run in communities or groups of women that bash on other women. That's a standard Mm -hmm. that I have for myself. I don't hang out with people that talk down to me or are critical. That's a standard that I have for myself. I have a standard of moving my body mindfully and kindfully every single day. Like, so I think that can be really helpful. It's just something I've been chewing on lately that I'm like, oh, that's actually really simple to understand and really doable. What are the standards for my life to be in integrity yeah. with myself?
1: Yeah, and they change as we grow and change, just like you were saying they're living things. It's not like I put up this wall and this fence and this is what I stand for. And I'm like now a slave to this standard or this boundary. You're not living to the boundary. They're you. You're presenting who you are, just like you so beautifully said.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Boundaries get to be very fluid and shift and change. You might find that for a year, for whatever reason you are not comfortable with people just stopping over unannounced mm. and then all of a sudden <laughs> one day you change your mind for whatever reason you know what that was a season of my life i'm cool with it now yeah they get to be fluid when we lean into really rigid boundaries again not making it wrong there are yeah. times to gain our self confidence and a little bit of strength we need to just draw a hard line in the sand and if we stay in that place there's a really good chance that we're talking about rigidity just simply being another coping mechanism, sort of blocking ourselves out from the world and building that wall between us and other people because we're so afraid of being vulnerable of, could be a lot of different things. And rigidity is what we've done then to keep
1: ourselves safe. Yeah. And that definitely pops up. I feel like when people start Asserting boundaries, standing for themselves, and the, and honoring those, and it's a practice, and it's not wrong. There's no, it's not right or wrong. It's a practice, and you're growing through it all. Yeah. And inherently, that reveals toxic people and toxic situations. When you start standing for yourself, when you start announcing who you are, you're gonna form not only people that like you, but people that don't like you because you're making a statement. Like by default, that's going to happen. Yeah, you know. Exactly. And yeah, I realize this could be like a whole other episode. (laughs) Just Yeah. It could. Just that. Yeah. But I'd love to chat a little bit about that kind of dance between codependency, let's go along to get along, run myself over bulldozing and the narcissist or the spectrum of narcissism and, you know, how we can begin to start to recognize And break free of those patterns. And I realize it's a whole spectrum out there. Like when you start asserting boundaries, not everyone's going to be a fan or not everyone's even going to understand. I'm not saying they're a narcissist or anything, but I'd love to chat a little about how people can start to really recognize those patterns and break free of them. Those toxic patterns, when they start to be revealed, when you start asserting your boundaries and you're like, oh, this person is like this or that's like that there's a whole dance there. And I know this because I had to go through that. Yeah. I once I started asserting boundaries, holy crap, I was like, M- none of my friends are actually there in it for me. Yeah. I was just available. Yeah. You know, so and that's putting it in a nutshell. But I know it's very common that this happens when you're like, I want to hang out with people that actually respond back to me Mm. and people in this world, people, it's so calm. There's so many things that are bulldozy that are just societally accepted. So many gaslights, so many things that are just like, that's normal. So when you say, well, I don't hang out with people that don't text me back. People are like, what? Yeah. Yeah. You
0: really do have to decipher and again, I love that you used the word practice. You said a while ago, it's a practice. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important to pull a that nugget first, because boundary work can be two steps forward and five back, depending yeah. on the relationship. Yeah. So if it's somebody that you're really close to that the relationship matters, that's tough stuff. And I don't want to gloss over yeah. that. It's tough yeah. stuff. And you may find that you're like, wow, I was making so much progress. And then all of a sudden when it came to my mom, I feel like a five-year-old again. It happens. Mm -hmm. It's happened to me. It's happened to all of us. So Mm -hmm. again, chucking the word perfect and just leaning into, this is a practice. When I wake up in the morning, every morning I do my daily practices. They're not fancy. They're very simple, Mm -hmm. but I do them because it's not a one and done. It's a practice. My nervous system needs that every single day, those practices that I have established. So I just want to use that to frame up the remainder of this piece of the conversation. It's a practice. We're not going to beat ourselves up if we don't always nail it or get it right. It's a practice and we're working and building that muscle. We don't go to the gym when we haven't been there in three years and start picking up 20 pound weights and start cranking out bicep curls wake up the next morning and expect that we're going to have a sculpted bicep. It doesn't work that way. And I love sharing that because people are like, yeah, that resonates like that. That lands for people. It's kind of that mental image like, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. But somehow we throw that rule out the window when it comes to our personal growth and development. Like mm-hmm. we should be at the finish line tomorrow when we just started today. It's not a, it's not a thing. So just keeping no. that in the back of the mind. Um. So it is hard. Let's just validate that. Right. Relationships will fizzle. Let's just acknowledge that. But knowing where you stand and knowing at the end of the day that you are in integrity with yourself, there is no sweeter freedom as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Folks will not always appreciate and love your boundaries. And I know for myself, personally, again, going back to that rigid piece, there were too many people that I cast aside too quickly because I wasn't actually willing to have the hard conversation. And I think that's really yeah. important to discuss. The yeah. me today would be willing to enter that conversation. Right. The me back, gosh, probably too three years ago, maybe even a year ago, wasn't quite as willing to enter in some of those hard conversations. So I became very, and that's why I really want to speak to this rigidity, this black and white piece, because in today's Mm -hmm. world, it's really easy to cast people off to the side. Are you vaccinated? Are you not vaccinated? What's your take on (laughs) politics? That's the whole world we live in. And I'm saying, let's play more in the gray. So I almost sound like I'm contradicting myself because I'm talking about standards and now I'm talking Mm -hmm. about playing in the gray. But that's where I think we get to play with the art of the and. It can be that you have standards and you enter into a conversation with somebody and then evaluate, take the feedback from that conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: hundred percent. Yeah. And it's so important because that's, I feel like the first hurdle, because it is hard when you, we are born into it, especially women. We're born into a society that is, it's the norm to be codependent, to be people pleasing, like, especially as women, it's just like, you can't even beat yourself up because we're born into it. Yeah. Everyone's born into it. So I think it's just one of those hurdles that people are like, oh, I don't know. This isn't for me because it can be so scary to even explain I'm standing for myself. And so I'm only communicating with people, for example, that communicate back with me. Yeah. Things like that. And it's like having the reaction sometimes that people have. It's definitely a topic of conversation because it's like that first hurdle and going back within, just like you said, there is no sweeter freedom than coming home to yourself Yeah, and be, that is, that's when you're free. Yeah. Not saying it doesn't hurt, not saying that, oh, wow, that was a little scary conversation, but I stood for myself, depending on what you share, where that person may go with it. Yeah,
0: I think really what we're talking about here, and this is something else I'm so passionate about, is conflict mm-hmm. and how much we yeah. have conflict. And I want to point out, too, that people-pleasing, fawning, those codependent tendencies, that was what so many of us, women specifically, men do it plenty, too. Trust me. Yeah. But it (laughs) is predominant. That is like, what would you call it? Like a known thing for most Mm -hmm. women. It's nervous system-wise what we had to do to keep ourselves safe. Right. Bottom line. So can you have compassion for that part of you? Can you have compassion toward your nervous system that has fought so diligently for you and worked so hard for you? I think that's where we get to start with that piece of the conversation, but just being willing to stand in the face of conflict, which again, so often we're not willing to because all of that somatic stuff comes up and all of those stories come up. And our nervous system flares up, moving us into those states of fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And we just want to kowtow. And, oh, it's easier to just not say anything. Or it's easier to just Mm -hmm. cast the friendship aside. And really, it's not. It's not. Because you have to live
1: with you. Exactly. Exactly. And they may say it's so important. And being prepared, it's their free will choice. They may say no. And that's okay. They may say, well, I just don't want to do that. Yeah, And it's, yeah, it's like an evolution in having conflict and being there with yourself is really when you just have this practice of boundaries and asserting them. It evolves how you are in those conflicts. Exactly. You are building so much beautiful
0: self-confidence Self worth, Mm -hmm. resiliency, every time you advocate for yourself, every time you speak your truth, you are standing Mm -hmm. for you. And that has to matter. And that's
1: truly what the heart of boundaries is.
0: Right. Right.
1: So, the heart of boundaries one thing, one thing you could recommend all people start today. And one thing they stop today to help them honor their boundaries and make that shift they want in their lives. Oh, one thing they start today (laughs) and
0: one thing they stop. Okay, so let's start with this.
1: Because this is really
0: tangible. Really tangible. And it's practical and it's simple. Okay. So I love it. When you have someone approaching you with something whatever it is something's happening in your external world no more autopilot you're going to give yourself whatever feels comfortable to you 24 48 hours the weekend till friday whatever you're going to give yourself the space sometimes i say no too quickly Like that can be a real thing too. Still, I struggle with that once in a while a little bit. So this assignment is great for people that say yes too quickly. And then all of a sudden, five minutes later, there's the resentment because they couldn't stand for themselves. But I've often said no too quickly in my life as well. And so this can be a great way to pause. Everybody wants to know, well, how do I pause? How do I? This is how you do it. You pause and you say, I'm really working on some boundaries for my life. And so I've implemented this rule where I don't say yes or no, whatever you're working on for 24 hours, let's say. And you really check in with yourself in that 24 hours. What are you feeling? What are you sensing? When you imagine yourself saying yes to that opportunity, what comes up for you? When you imagine yourself saying yes to that opportunity, is there something else that maybe needs to get put to the side that you're willing to do that without the resentment that, mm. that you're actually okay with? We can really go deep and start asking a lot of inquiry questions with that when we give ourselves the space to become self-aware and go, yeah, I, you know, now that I've given myself some time, I, that actually doesn't sound fun at all. I don't want to, there's no part of me that wants to say yes to that or opposite. Actually, now Mm -hmm. that I've sat with it, yeah, I'd be willing to do that. There's no reason why I can't do that. And here's what I'm willing to do. I'm going to table something else so that I can say yes to this opportunity now Mm -hmm. that I've thought about it. But so often we are just living in autopilot mode. We don't even give ourselves the opportunity to check in. So we're going to stop saying yes or saying no too quickly. And we're going to give ourselves the gift of space. That's what we're going to stop doing. What are we Mm -hmm. going to start doing? What we're going to start doing is we are going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with breathe. We're going to start breathing. That is where I actually started on my journey seven years ago. And I haven't stopped. And it's been the one thing that is part of my everyday ritual and practices. And like, it's everything, the power of the breath. So we are going to start by putting breathing alarms on our phone. Again, this is really simple and easy. I'd recommend starting with four breathing alarms. One in the maybe mid-morning, maybe one late morning, one sometime in the afternoon, maybe one early evening. And when that breathing alarm goes off. And you can name it something fun in the little memo, like I call my, mm-hmm. I call mine pause and reset. When nice. the a pause and reset, the breathing alarm goes off. We're going to honor it. We're not going to come up with 50 excuses. We're going to honor it and we're going to stop and we're going to breathe. We're going to just take some nice deep breaths for about 60 to 90 seconds And what we're going to do is we're going to move ourselves into that state of sympathetic nervous system because much of the day we're actually running around in sympathetic nervous state, like fight or flight, because we're breathing in our chest and that automatically triggers a fight or flight response. So your body is already so much of the day in this hypervigilant state. So what we're doing is we're pushing that breath down into the belly And we're activating our parasympathetic nervous system, which is that place of rest and digest. And when we learn how to do that, when we learn how to properly breathe, again, we're giving ourselves the gift of self-connection. We're giving Mm -hmm. ourselves the gift of power of the pause. And we're doing a little check-in and we're resetting ourselves. So we're going to start by breathing and we're going to stop by no more Auto-yesing or auto-knowing, depending on which you're working.
1: Powerful. Yeah. And just slowing down. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is what they are. It's,
0: I know it, it. When people ask me, when I get interviewed, when I teach, <laughs> they ask us a, a question similar to yours. And I'm always like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, is this actually what I'm going to share? Because it's so simple. It's the work that works. It's the work that works and I'm no longer in a position where I'm going to deny it where I'm going to poo it, where I'm going to say anything different. It's the work that works because when you are back in caveman days, it was a saber tooth tiger. If you stepped out of the cave and went to go blueberry picking now in today's world, I have not met anyone yet who's running from a saber tooth tiger. (laughs) <laughs> but we are running or fighting a lot of things, like our critical boss, or the guy that cut us off in traffic, or mm-hmm. the conversation that we're still ruminating on from book club last week when somebody said something that deeply hurt us. And so we're all walking around in this parasympathetic nervous system state when, re- mm-hmm. if we just paused and slowed down and brought in the power of the breath, we could shift into that state of rest and digest and start to unarmor ourselves, start to loosen the grip so that we could be more open to having conversations and setting boundaries and being vulnerable with other people.
1: Yeah, it's simple, but it does not mean that it is easy.
0: It does not. At all. When that breathing alarm goes off, you're going to say, screw it. I don't want to. This weird woman I heard on a podcast told me to breathe and I'm <laughs> in the dentist's chair and I am not breathing. And trust me, I've been there. Like I have totally mm-hmm. been there. Nobody needs to know you're doing it. You don't need to go, excuse me, everybody. We're going to pause <laughs> because my alarm went off and we're all going to breathe together. There doesn't need to be any sort of formal announcement. The alarm goes off. We simply shut it off and we breathe for 60 to 90 seconds. Deep belly diaphragmatic breathing.
1: I love it. Well, I also have an announcement, and it's our next question. Mm. It is our finale oh. biohacking with art question. Are you ready?
0: Mm. <laughs> I hope so. Ready or not, here you it comes.
1: are. You are. All right. You're a pro. All right. Oh, I don't know about that. It- you had to- <laughs> if you could describe the power of boundaries and embracing the truth of who you are in any art medium, how would you make it and what would you choose? Man, <laughs> I
0: have to say, oh boy, the power of boundaries and the art of
1: owning who you are, if I could express that in any medium. Yes. At any art form. Doesn't matter. Doesn't have to be visual. Mm, Could be. Well,
0: I want to say, but it's not actually the answer I'm going to go with. I want to say watercolor, just because I took a beginner's watercolor class like a month ago. (laughs) I'm like, oh, but I really think what's coming through so strongly is movement, dancing. Oh, I actually have a playlist on my Spotify app, that's called State Shift. And it's just a diverse collection of different songs where I probably would look like a buffoon if you were peeking in my windows. But truly that art of expressing yourself through dance, no matter how clunky and weird it looks,
1: is such a beautiful gift. Indeed, it is, and it takes something to even have the courage, <laughs> like even you if you're saying, alone.
0: Yeah, it feels weird. It's oh my, what? But it, the way it feels when you're done is incredible.
1: Yeah, just wave your freak flag high. Is yeah, what I say for sure, <laughs>
0: for sure, exactly. And I definitely do. If you could see me,
1: <laughs> I love that so much. It's so perfect for boundaries. Yeah, announcing who you are. Other people moving through the space is perfect. Yeah. Awesome. It has been so real, just so real, transparent, honest. That's why I just love chatting with you, listening to you. Tell us where people can learn more about your work and find you. And of course, we're going to list all this in the show notes, but I just like to ask you.
0: Yeah. So I've got a website, www.kristaresnik.com. And all the places, Facebook, Instagram, those are the places I, I don't know if I'd say hang out because there too, having standards with social media, that is something Mm -hmm. that is really important to me in our current culture for reasons that we won't get into. We could do another podcast about that. Mm -hmm. Those are the places that I do like to share some things of what I'm learning and what I know and what I've learned and Yeah, I don't even like to say teach. I just like to share what I'm learning and what I know and a little bit of what I've been through. And so those are the places you can find me. My podcast as well. I have taken the summer Mm -hmm. off from that, but there's, I think, 130 some episodes that you could totally dive into and binge on.
1: Yeah, I do all the time. I love it. And your YouTube channel.
0: Oh, yes. Forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah, Yes, forgot about that.
1: It's awesome. So thank you. I definitely like you're my, I don't even watch the news or any of that crap. I watch you. (laughs) You, Koppel, what an honor. Like that is, it's true. Because it is a sharing, because it's what do you want the news? Look in the mirror. Look what's going on with you. Like the, and the things and the people that are going to bring you closer to that. That's the news. That's the news. That's what's going on.
0: So true. It's so true. I love that you said that. I couldn't tell you the last time I have watched the news. And I know for some people there the automatic flag goes up. Uh, well, don't you want to know what's going on in the world? I mm-hmm. do. I do. Yeah. There's a couple of social media accounts that I follow that mm-hmm. you know that I that I trust. And my husband is on those some of those platforms news more I'll pick his brain to see what's going on and it just seems like when I need to know what's going on I know what's going on I don't feel like I'm in the dark yeah even a little bit I I just I want to make more space for silence for learning for growth for healthy things and I just don't think the news and even a lot of social media (laughs) is where we need to be hanging out But that's my standard. I also realize that's my standard.
1: Totally. So like I said, we'll list all of these resources we chatted about today and more in the show notes. And I just hope everyone is able to take away something from this absolutely tremendous conversation we have today with Krista to help them go out and face their shit, therefore healing themselves. And remember as always, the truth will set you free. We will see you all next time. Bye. If you liked this episode or you think this show would be useful for someone else, the best way you can show your support is to share it on your social media outlets with family and friends or subscribe with the link below to receive exclusive perks. And if you're feeling really generous Please leave a review on podchaser.com, YouTube, or Apple Podcasts and pick up a signed copy of my book about how I healed myself from endometriosis on my Instagram at meredithw.ochoa. Thank you so much for listening and for having the bravery to face your shit and heal yourself.